Welcome along to episode five of the Loftcast, QPR's very own club podcast. Today we'll be hearing from QPR boss Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank following Wednesday's EFL Cup exit and club ambassador Andy Sinton looks back at a tricky period for the R's following back-to-back league defeats. But first, Carl Simmons of Bastille fame speaks exclusively about his chart-topping heroics as well as his love for all things Queen's Park Rangers. Carl Simmons, welcome to the Loftcast. Thanks for joining us. I guess there's really only one place to start. As we're recording this, Bastille were top of the UK album charts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The smile on your face says, "Oh, you must be chuffed." Yeah, it was. Um, it was. It, it, like, honestly, it was unexpected. Um, really? Um, well, yeah. I mean, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's you know, it's that it, you know that classic, the, the difficult second album. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I'm completely like chuffed with the response, and you know, really happy and glad people that people are responding the way they are. Plenty of bought it already. Um, for those that haven't, what can you tell us about it? It's um so it, it's a bit of a I don't know it's you know it, it's your classic Bastille we've um uh, we brought in guitars which for not bands you know all over the world is a pretty normal thing but on our first one we didn't have any mm. um was that almost a risk then in that respect or um I don't know it was it was um I don't know so uh, so Dan the, lead, the the lead singer songwriter doesn't play guitar and so you know like the first bunch of songs were kind of written and produced without it and mm-hmm. then and, and then it became it became a bit of a challenge like let you know let's not use it and and see what we can come up with and then we did and so the second one we've just gone right let's go like full you know full guitars we've got like big kind of guitarists we've also got like horn like horns sections and big strings and stuff so the sound is um quite eclectic and it different. is quite eclectic um I I think we've kind of gone a bit more uh we've gone a bit further with our influences and so um it, like each song on the album is uh is uh is, is quite different so um but i don't know i guess it keeps things interesting and it's obviously doing well because the uh, the sales speak for themselves six years now you guys have been together eight yep. million records sold music awards galore grammys billboard music awards brit awards you probably have to pinch yourself don't you it's gone <laughs> yeah, so well no yeah i mean it's to be honest it's only really sort of during interviews and stuff that you kind of you know you kind of have, have a bit of a you know kind of reflect on mm. actually what's happened because um i guess if I, if I walked around with that in my head all day i'd be a i'd be a, I'd be a very different person <laughs> just then let's, let's throw things over to qbr why qbr why why rangers your team well first and foremost is my dad it's my it's always been my dad's he's team. to blame is he yeah 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 <laughs> he's to blame um and I, I grew up in west london as well so it's i mean you know, it's my home team um and uh, yeah, I mean that's, that's that's about it, really. What are your earliest memories then of, of following the club you love? Honestly, it was I I remember sort of like um, coming out of games and my dad bringing this little blanket we used to have in the house. It's like it was, it was the kind of the, the football blanket. You come down, got like bag of sweets to shut me up. Yeah. Um, blanket on. Um, and uh, yeah, I was I, like I was I was I was pretty pretty young, but uh, you know you, you, you I guess you, you can't ever really forget that first. No, experience. those blue and white hoops are yeah. etched in you for the rest of your life. Now, can you remember your first game then at Loftus Road? Um, the year or oh, no, the I opponent? Yeah, I, I couldn't I couldn't remember, I, I couldn't remember the year or the um or the uh, um the other team, but um yeah, it was just that it was just that sort of you know like you know sort of dad sat next to you, a bag of sweets and and the blanket, but and like the atmosphere, but it, I mean it was too long ago to rem- sort of remember any details in that. The man to your left and my right who's just walked through here, Les Ferdinand, director was, of football. I was, I was, you know what? I was trying not to look. <laughs> and you didn't want to look. He's ready. Uh, the demeanour just he's, came through the glass he's door. He's ready to give you a Bastille shirt. But, um, <laughs> we'll wait for that. But Les was one of your heroes growing up. He was, yeah. And um, 
uh, uh, yeah, uh, do you know what? It's weird. He was such a hero. I was, I was chatting to my dad earlier on, actually, because um, he was such a hero that um, when he went when he went to Newcastle, he because uh, like, he, he was such a big hero of mine. I may have even, and I was young. Bear in mind, you found yourself looking out for their results. I, More you know, than that, yeah. Well, I mean, I like I didn't I, like I, I like my heart probably wasn't you know wasn't there, but I, you know I started to look over at Newcastle a bit. Obviously, a sore topic, at the, yeah. especially at the minute. Yeah, after um, the six nil, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, but he was that. You really did put him on that kind of pedestal. Yeah, 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 yeah. As soon as he left, you were like, I really want to know how Les is getting on yeah, because he was such a much, hero. Yeah, um, it's and it's yeah, it's uh, nicely came to his senses. But now, uh, very much uh, QPR. Who who else did you idolise? Was it just Les? with there other players you know in what? that it, team? That just weirdly, I don't, I don't I don't know why. Um, I remember um, going to get a, going to get a shirt with my dad after a, before or after a game, and he was like, right, so. Like, you know what, what, what names you want and you want your name. I was like, so I, I was like, I want Stuart Wardley, and for, uh, I don't know what it was. It was, it was. It, so I mean, it must have been young because it was that was back in the back in the nineties. I think that wouldn't have been everybody's first pick, but no, you had an uh, affi- affiliation. It was with just it. just for some reason, I, I was, I was like, oh, Stuart Wardley is, um, um, and that was like, look, he's young, he's going to move on soon. There's, there's no point doing it. I was like, no, I want it, and I, I've still got that top at home somewhere, Wardley on the back. And um and but I mean yeah I think it, it must have just been you know just saw, I was young and back then you know I just saw him just saw him sort of whipping up and down I was like yeah that's the guy and then obviously he was young and he moved on and whatnot. How do you find it now that obviously you guys are busy? Um, the music industry is twenty four seven. You're on tour all the time. How it do you is. keep tabs on it now? Is it social media? It, is yeah, it? it is really social social media. Um, Sky Sports News, I guess, and, stuff yeah, like things that. like that, and just Twitter and just apps and you just you know just try and try and keep a. Uh, tr- try and keep an eye on things. Um, Any other QBR fans in the industry that you're aware of? I mean, obviously uh, Pete Dogs is a, Pete Dog- a, a yeah, QBR yeah, yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah. Ever He's chewed the fat with him over Rangers or not? Uh, nah, nah. Um, we played a few festivals, but we never we um, we, we we never bumped into each other. Yeah. Um, uh, but because yeah. QBR for musicians, you look you look you go back to the seventies and. The Clash. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. There seems to be an affiliation. Mick Jones is a season there ticket There is actually, not, actually, uh, it's yeah, almost like the fashionable club it. for musicians. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I, it's weird. I, I guess, I, I guess, I don't know. It, it might say more about the area. Yeah, you know, West London like, and you know, yeah. that kind of West London vibe and stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe it's that. It's um, but it, 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 I don't know. It's a. Uh, I think you're right. It's, it's, you know, there's something in the waters in West London. Definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. How do you... I mean, obviously, there's a fine line now between work and, and play as such. Do you get along to Loftus Road as much as you'd like? Probably mm, not, I guess. Definitely not as much as i like. I mean, it, it, it's it's uh, very few and far between um, the, the sort of the games I get to come to. Um, uh, it, it just sort of... Because my dad's always there. He's like, you know, I've got, I've got tickets, I've got tickets. Yeah. I'm like, I'm, you know, I'm wherever around the world out, or something. Yeah. And then he was just like... Um, I got tickets this Wednesday, and um, we're actually rehearsing at the minute for um, we got a bunch of tours coming up. Yeah, I've seen that. And I was like, oh yeah, I'm in London, so just straight from rehearsals, rushed down here. Yeah, ran down from the, ran down from the tube, and yeah, and um, so that yeah, um, this this is the first game for a, for a while that I've been able to come to. What do you make of it? I mean, QPR, it's it's always a roller coaster rider emotion. It's yeah. been a topsy turvy start already to this season. A good start, beat Leeds on the opening day, a couple of defeats, and it seems that any club these days, you're always two, three games from a crisis. What what are you expecting between now and the end of the season for QPR? Is mid table about right, or are you looking for us to push for the playoffs? Um, oh, it's difficult to say. I think, like you said, it, you know, it's 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 been kind of you know we've we've had the ups and downs. Last couple of games, I know it, it seems to go. Kind of, you know, like there's been like the like the draw, and then there's 
and then a loss and then a big loss and then a, a it's uh, it's so difficult to say. I it's mean, the championship really is. That's the thing. It's um, it's really you know, it's uh, it's really up and down. Um, I guess you sort of yeah. Let, let's go let, right. Let's go. You know, high mid. Let's yeah. you know. Let's like let's aim for that. But just try a bit, a bit, a bit of consistency. Yeah, I think that's what everyone's trying. Yeah, to just yeah. You know, just find your find your wind and just get a. Get like just get a bit of consistency in, it and then you can start working your way up. At the minute, it's so up and down that it's, you know, it's difficult to say what's going to happen because like all of a sudden, you know, you've lost. You got you know, it's. But so I reckon, find your feet, consistency, and then you can start building for the future. Yeah. Hi, I'm Jake Bidwell, and you're listening to the Loftcast. Andy, firstly, looking back at the league games, it's been a disappointing run. We've had the one-one draw with Blackburn the 6-0 defeat at Loftus Road against Newcastle, and then the 2-1 reverse up at Huddersfield. A difficult period. Yeah, it's been a really, uh, it's been a hard week, a tough week. Um, you know, if you look back at those games, um, Blackburn come here, bottom of the league, expectations on us to to roll them over. Um, and without being great, uh, I thought we probably just about shaded the game. And certainly when you went in front through Sharon contender for goal of the season you know great free kick uh, you think you've done enough to get the job done but it wasn't to be we'll let them back in the game a little bit sloppy defending but uh, so you go off with a probably a disappointing 1-1 and you you got the big team or the the, the, the the strongly fancied team coming into town on the Tuesday and uh, I say that was a painful night Queen's Park Rangers will wake up in the morning with the fans and not look at the scoreline in the back pages of the newspaper. It's finished here at Loftus Road. Newcastle United beating Queen's Park Rangers by six goals to nil. What went wrong that night? OK, QPR were disappointing, Newcastle were very good, but I look back over your career as a QPR player and I didn't see a result like that during your time at Loftus Road. Obviously, it was a, the heaviest league defeat in our history at home. Can you put your finger on what went wrong? Uh, well, quite a bit went wrong. If you look at probably six nil, flattered us a little bit. You know, could have been could have been a lot worse. But first of all, I would say Newcastle on the night, arguably put in the best performance I've seen at this level for a number of years, player for player. They were better than us all over the pitch. Um, as I say, I was always brought up a little bit when players are better than you or seemingly better than you on the night. You got to do a little bit more to to stop them playing. Um, yeah, it was a real painful night. I was sitting there watching it, and you know, you, you really just wanted the ninety minutes to to once it got there to four. Certainly, you just wanted it to finish. Um, you know, and it wasn't for the lack of trying because I watched the I do it every game, not just the Newcastle game. Watch all the goals back and stop it, and try and think as a player or what managers would do. You know, and freeze frame it and see where people are. Certain things, you know, um, and it was quite alarming that some of the goals or quite a few of those six goals we had more than enough bodies back behind the ball so players are working hard enough um, but probably not working smart enough like you say alarming but afterwards Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank said he's got an honest group of players and while it's natural almost to look at a result like that and say well the players aren't working hard enough actually they were in your opinion they were getting bodies back but it, it was a case of working hard but perhaps not working as smartly as they could have yeah, as I say, I've just uh, just sort of said that. You know, I look at the the first goal, a little bit of communication. You can pass a runner on. Then uh, the midfield player takes care of Shelby on the edge of the box. Uh, the second goal, you've got five v two in the box as it goes in. The third goal, um, 
with John Joe Shelby. Great finish, by the way. But we've got nine behind the ball. Nine, and I think there's three in Newcastle players in the picture. But alarmingly, or the frustrating thing, nine behind the ball, but no one within 10 yards of John Joe Shelby. And good players will good players will kill you at any level. And uh, and that was the type of night. So, yeah, you're quite right. This is an honest group. Yeah, it's uh, work in progress. Younger players coming in. Uh, players coming into the club, finding their feet. Um, people not played many minutes. Uh, and on the night, you must say, Newcastle were brilliant and we were, we were very poor. But the nature of this league and why we love it so much... Uh, you know, Wolves played home on the same night against Barnsley and get beat 4-0. Um, we, or I, witness one of the best performances and you think Newcastle are going to take some stopping. And yet Wolves go to Newcastle and beat them at the weekend. It's a, it's a crazy, crazy league. For large majorities of this game, you have to say the home team were in such control. Really, it didn't look as if QPR were going to get anything. They did. Get and then we've got Huddersfield away the league leaders as a player is that the sort of game you want after taking a slap or do you do you want someone who you, you've got a greater confidence going into well to be fair I thought about that myself you know what would what would I wanted uh, what would the team I played in uh, not that we got beat like that but I think you're better off going away to the league leaders rather than having a bottom of the league team at home uh, you know because um, Expectation. Expectation is massive. Uh, so you know, I look at the Huddersfield game and go, okay, right, we've just we've just took in a, a beating, and it was a beating. Uh, and as I said before, it was painful, embarrassing, all those sort of words that are being used um, when you're connected to the club. You just got to lick your wounds, take it on the chin. So you go to Huddersfield, and you what you what you're really looking for as a fan, as a player, as a manager, as an owner, director of football, you, you're looking for a reaction from your players. Um, Unfortunately, we, we conceded in the first 15 minutes up at Huddersfield. Then they're on a bit of a roll, momentum. You see what that David Wagner's done there. You see the crowd. We went there a year ago. It was half empty. It was packed at the weekend. That's what happens in football if you get on a little bit of a roll. So we go behind and it's a, it's an uphill task. And again, we probably just, well, not just, I thought we sat off them a little bit and allowed Huddersfield to dictate the game. And, and, and good players and good sides will punish you. They go 2 0 up, and it probably wasn't until it was almost too late that we, we came out and had a go. Um, Silla gets his first goal for the club, which is great. The, the, the small amount of time we've seen him, I, I, I like him. I think he's going to be a, a big plus for the club. But um, yeah, just wasn't to be. Fans as the full time whistle is blown here at Loftus Road. And Queen's Park Rangers will not progress further than the third round of the League Cup this season. They did EFL Cup, third round against Premier League Sunderland. OK, they're a struggling Premier League side, but they still have Premier League quality. We gave them a scare at Loftus Road on Wednesday night. And when Sandro, of all people, scores his third goal in two games, you th with half an hour to go, you think we, we, could, we could perhaps do this and progress again. But... Did Sunderland go up a level after that? Well, first of all, again, you know, um, big game for us after the run. You're looking, you know, can we, can we, uh, can we progress? Fans want to, fans want to run in the cup, but we haven't had one here for a long, long time. You know, and you, you, you do fancy yourself against Sunderland. And to be fair tonight, I thought, um, I thought we put in a, a decent performance, a, a much better performance, a, an energetic performance. And you go one up, great strike from Sandra. Something about him in the cup at the moment. Uh, you know, he was excellent the first half. Cousins was excellent the first half. Um, so it was a real, real positive. But you're quite right. Sunderland, you looked pace on the break. Um, once they got back to 1 1, 
just that extra little bit of quality from Premier League players and that is so um, fans were fantastic tonight as they were against Newcastle you know it's you look back and think what were the fans like when you lose 6-0 I thought the fans were brilliant against Newcastle kept with the team and tonight I know the club take a bit of credit for initiatives and stuff but they came in their numbers and that's what Loftus Road used to be like you know noisy full right behind the team and the will the fans will get behind the team if you give them something to get behind and uh, I thought the boys did reasonably well tonight and credit to Sunderland well done uh, but it wasn't to be for us and the fans as well, they've really got behind the young, younger lads, Osman Kakai and Nico Hammerlein, and great support for them. Terrific. Two, two, two youngsters, you know, making their way in the game, finding their feet, big experience for them. Sometimes the beauty of youth is you're a little bit unfazed by who you're playing, the occasion, uh, the competition, what's happened in the last couple of weeks, you know, and I thought they both acquitted themselves really, really well tonight, and uh, it's great to see they get support from the fans, and uh, that's what we want to see. Andy Sinton's views there on the last few games, but what did Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank make of that performance against Sunderland at Loftus Road on Wednesday night? We caught up with the Ars Gaffer in the aftermath of that 2-1 defeat. Jimmy, a 2-1 defeat to Premier League side in Sunderland in the EFL Cup third round. How do you reflect on that match? I think uh, it was a very close match. I think uh, my players uh, did very, very well. I'm very, very happy with the performance. Uh, do we want to lose? No. You know, we wanted to uh, get ourselves through into the next round, but that was not meant to be. Uh, but I think uh, the players that were on the pitch done ever so well, and uh, and uh, especially those two young boys, you know, Nico Hamelainen and Osman Kaikai. Yeah, really pleasure to work with those boys. They had a difficult test, both of them, in terms of who they were up against, but they had so much self-confidence and self-belief and were keen to get on the ball. Yeah, yeah, football players, uh, not faced. Uh, I must say that the supporters were, were brilliant. That's what they needed. I think the performance was really, really good. Uh, I think we were a little bit unlucky with the first goal that they scored. If that doesn't go in, then... then uh, you get that belief and you get that uh, foothold more in, in, in the game. Um, but I think I think it was a really good display with uh, with passion and commitment, uh, what we uh, were looking for. And Sandro might be knocking on your, your door this week. Yeah, no, he, he had a good performance. He uh, came to uh, um, no more uh, in his tank in the last 10 minutes. But he had a very good performance and, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I like that kind of headache. It's indicative of a good display that there were a number of good individual performances. Joel Lynch coming in the first time, he's completed 90 minutes for QPR and did very well. Yeah, uh, and, and uh, we held him a little bit back uh, because we wanted to give him a little bit more pre-season kind of stuff so that he was a little bit stronger. He needed the 90 minutes, he came through. They looked good as a pair at the back. Uh, he looked confident and uh, it's just a little bit unfortunate for him that he couldn't, that we could not keep the zero. And just a word on Silla as well. He's a, as you said before, he's a player that will work hard. He likes the ball in the air. He likes to win headers and he's got work rate in him as well. He's got work rate. Uh, I think we uh, need to do better by giving him more crosses because that's what he thrives on. Um, he uh, he's getting used to the pace of the championship of English football 
he couldn't do any more. He asked for the for for, for a substitution, but uh, he will get stronger. He will get better. We will work him hard to uh, to be able to get stronger and 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 uh, so that he can get more chances and and and, and try to uh, score a lot more goals for us. And just finally, while it wasn't the result we wanted, do you hope that performance will give the players confidence ahead of Birmingham City? Uh, we need to. We need to take that from, from the game. Uh, I think uh, what I've said to the players is, uh, if we lose, that is the way we want to lose, you know, with that kind of performance. Uh, making sure that we uh, give everything and, and we have the, the platform right, um, um, the, 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 the team ethic right, um, and the display. The display looked like like uh, we were really energised and really wanting to go forward and, and that looked good. Birmingham City on Saturday at Loftus Road and it seems we're going from one tough fixture straight into another. Birmingham, one of the form teams in the division, picked up 10 points from their last four games and you look at the teams they've beat. They beat Norwich 3-0 beat Fulham, who started the season so well, 1-0, drew with Reading, and then beat Sheffield Wednesday, who are much fancied, 2-1. So they're picking up big points against big teams. So they're going to come to Loftus Road full of confidence. Very much so. They're in form. You know, what I would say is, uh, since he's been in there for two years, Gary Rowett's done, a, mm. he's done an unbelievable job at that football club because it was in a, uh, well, it was bottom of the league. Uh, all sorts of things going on behind the scenes, uh, so he deserves a lot of credit, and he's got a good workmanlike, hard-working team up there uh, with a little bit of quality. And as I say, you don't beat those type of teams if you if you haven't got something about you. You know they they were behind against Sheffield and clawed back with 12 minutes to go or, or whatever. So they've obviously got character. So uh, so yeah, another another really really hard game, just like everyone is in this league. But uh, yeah, game on. But from us, you know, we're in a bad run. What a better way to to put it behind us. Uh, with a performance that we can uh, we can be proud of and a result that gets us going again. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what sort of changes the manager makes for the game against Birmingham. Birmingham notably didn't have a midweek game because they got knocked out of the EFL Cup in the first round against Oxford. So they've had a free week. We've obviously had that midweek fixture against Sunderland. There'll certainly be a few players who were involved against the Black Cats will be involved against Birmingham. So fatigue, will that play a part? It shouldn't do, you know. It's three, three full day. These these lads are fit. It's about recovery now, recuperation. Uh, Jimmy's made some changes tonight. With I'm sure with Saturday in mind, you know, uh, other people getting some valuable minutes uh, under the belt. Whether he's flexible with his system or formation uh, remains to be seen. But um, we'll be okay. Um, nothing's decided in the middle of September. Want a little bit of a sticky wicket at the moment in terms of performances at Loftus Road and results in, in general but we're one win one performance from turning that round and hopefully it's Saturday and on Tuesday we play Burton Albion away Nigel Clough's Burton Albion and if there's anyone who knows about <laughs> Nigel Clough's Burton Albion it's this man Andy Sinton right in front of me you actually played under Nigel Clough for Burton Albion that's where you finished your career, really, 2002, three and three, four. You worked under Nigel Clough during his, his first stint when he was there for 10 or 11 years. So, OK, a lot has changed in regards to that club as well. That was back in the conference or National League as it is now. They've made incredible progress. But what can we expect from Nigel Clough's Burton Albion? Super spy, super scout, Andy Sinner. <laughs> 
well, first of all, Nigel sort of tempted me out of retirement. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd been tentatively offered a, a little bit of a role at Wolves, but I wanted to get out. You know, 22 years playing at the top, being told where to be, what to wear, what to eat, all that sort of stuff. I just probably wanted to... And I just signed Mark Kennedy, so I knew I wasn't going to play. And I didn't want to finish my career just being a, a travelling around the country, sitting in Rosehead and watching the guy. So uh, so Nigel said, you know, well, what are you looking for now? I said, well, I'd like to spend a bit of time with my family, young family. He said, well, come to us. We've just been promoted to the conference where we want someone just to give it a bit of a lift or a name or if you like. He said, we're two nights a week. So that suited me down to the ground. And what I saw with Nigel was an incredibly hard-working young manager at a club that obviously had a plan, a uh, fantastic chairman in Ben Robinson, really, really forward-thinking. If you had said to me 10 years ago, would they be playing against the likes of QPR and uh, the Wolves of this world, I would have would have said no, but they had a plan, and it was a really sensible and sustainable plan. It was all about just getting to conference, consolidating, then going again, getting to the next stage, consolidating, going again, and credit to the football club. So... Um, they're probably punching a little bit above their weight, they'll think. So they'll play the underdog tag. It'll be a packed sort of Pirelli Stadium, if you like. They'll get right behind the team. But what a success story. But uh, we've got to go there and take three points. So it was some big money that tempted you out of retirement? God. <laughs> it's beer money, I think, Moz. <laughs> Off the pitch, it's been a busy period too with a successful recent fans forum with CEO... Lee Hughes, Les Ferdinand and Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank. Here at the Loftcast, we got up with Hughes earlier this week to discuss the importance of having an open dialogue with the QPR supporters. Can we bring back the official supporters club? You actually consult with the same random people on everything. Well, obviously, if it's random people, they're different people every time. But but um, I, I do consult with a lot of different people. That's that's true. In terms of the supporters consultation committee, if if that's the meaning, um, those people were specifically chosen at random because uh, it was more about what their 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 habits are and how they attend games as opposed to who they were. Where I said I want someone from you know Ellerslie Road. I want a season ticket holder from Ellerslie Road. I want someone that attends between you know three and five matches, but so I can get a broad church of, of opinion as opposed to just people who are, are only involved in the supporters club and very very passionate about what they do but maybe don't always represent the broad base of, of, of fan support that we have um, you know within the club and I want to make sure I get broad based support as far as an official supporters club I would love to have one official group that kind of was an, is an umbrella group over everybody I have found that next to impossible to get off the ground, though. Um, I just think, you know, people, some people like what they have right now and wouldn't want to give up anything, uh, you, you know, because, you know, they're, they're perfectly happy and their specific issues and their, their, their focus is addressed as opposed to having a broad-based supporters group, uh, official supporters group, which oversees all supporters clubs. So, um, you know, we, I've, had, I've had discussions with various people about that, that type of activity, but um, quite frankly, it's one that looks like it is um, pretty difficult to get off the ground. Just hearing there from Lee, who's the CEO, Andy, he's clearly someone who likes to engage with the fans. He likes to hear from the fans. He invites questions on any manner of subjects that fall under his remit. And his view is sometimes the club make decisions that perhaps supporters don't understand the thinking behind those decisions. And when they do, more often than not, 
they're more accepting of the decision that might be made, even if they don't necessarily agree with it, they see the rationale and understand the rationale behind it. It's so important, those lines of communication. Well, I think, you know, I've I've seen Lee work and got to know him a little bit over the last year, and I, I really enjoy watching him work. He's a class act. He's very forward-thinking. Uh, he's very sensible in his approach. But he believes, and I totally agree with him, you know, your football club is about your fans. Uh, and he wants to hear what the fans are saying. It's not to say he'll be able to do everything they want, because that's impossible. But he, he is open. I think he includes them on big decisions, you know, like the the crest and, and, and things like that. And uh, the fans have to be made to feel part of the football club that they love and support. And Lee Hughes, as I said, is a breath of fresh air. He really encourages that and wants to wants to make the fans uh, feel important because they are. They are our club. Thanks for joining us and downloading episode five of the Loftcast. We'll be back on the airwaves very, very soon. Come on, you ours.